Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bat Around. I'm your host, Paul Valley. Joining me here in just a matter of moments is Ryan Blake. Let me just make sure that he is still coming. Um, but welcome to the Bat Around. Today's show is brought to you by Super Book. The Kyle Bradish and John Means injuries have impacted the betting markets. At Superbook, the Orioles are now just the second favorite to win the AL East at plus 210 behind the Yankees. That's garbage. And their win total dropped by another game down to 89.5 for the season, perhaps meaning now in the is a – let me reread that. And their win total dropped by another game down to 89.5 for the season. Perhaps meaning now is a perfect time to get your futures bets in. When you sign up at Superbook, use the code PRESSBOX23 and you'll receive a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. And while you're there, check out all of the great props available for the big game tomorrow. That's not right. I think he accidentally left that in there. The big game is already done and played. But... Needless to say, the um, the season got off to a pretty pretty ominous start. If you're an Orioles fan, if you're with the Orioles, if you're on the team of the Orioles, just a bad start all around. We all got super excited back on Wednesday the 14th that pitchers and catchers were reporting. And then suddenly, the next day, the first workout, it comes out, Gunnar Henderson has a mild oblique strain. Not too worried about that. It happened a few weeks back. He's going to be fine. And it's John Means uh, is a month behind all the other starting pitchers in his throwing progression. He's not injured. He's just they wanted him to wait a little bit long before they ramped him up just to make sure that what that the flare up that kept him out of the postseason was behind him. And so it's like, all right, John Means usually misses four or five starts a year anyway. So. I'd rather him be healthy from May through the end of the season than April through September and then not have him for the playoffs again. Okay. Then it's Kyle Bradish has a UCL strain. He's going to begin the year on the IL. No timetable for his return. Well, now we're concerned. Now we're concerned because you look at this team and they added Corbin Burns just a few weeks ago. and We were super excited about that because – now you've got Corbin Burns, who's a former Cy Young winner. Kyle Brash, who finished fourth in Cy Young voting. Grayson Rodriguez, who had a two-and-a-half ERA his last 13 starts. John Means, who's a former All-Star and threw a no-hitter that should have been a perfect game. Thanks, Pedro Severino. And then Dean Kramer, who has pitched to a three and a, a 3.7 ERA with 21 wins the last two years, and he's your number five starter. Let's go. Let's go. Well, not the case. Because now Bradish is on the IL. John Means is on the IL. You don't have Kyle Gibson. So really, Corbin Burns was the replacement for Kyle Gibson from last year. That's what we thought he was going to be. Well, now he's a replacement for Bradish. Who's replacing Gibson? Means wasn't here at the beginning of last year, but he is now. But who's replacing him? Now we're turning to Tyler Wells, who, yeah, that was great. He, uh, you know, last year, the, the first half of the season, he led the majors in whip. Awesome. I think he can be in the starting rotation. The Orioles won't skip a beat. You still got Dean Kramer, but you still need that one other spot filled. And right now we're looking at Cole Irvin to fill that spot. And, yeah, he's a lefty. He can replace means as far as being a lefty. But this is a guy who got demoted after three starts last year because he just got torched at the beginning of the season. 
who was on the shuttle between Norfolk and Baltimore. You know, they, they kind of have had him in that hybrid role, spot start here, long relief there. He pitched well out of the bullpen, but I don't recall many outings where he went out and didn't give up a run out of the bullpen. He's a soft tosser, but he throws a lot of strikes. The problem with him at the beginning of last year was that he wasn't throwing a lot of strikes. And so now what we're looking at is a guy who, soft tosser, had control issues at the beginning of the year, but for the most part of his career doesn't have control issues. He's going to be in that rotation. And, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit nervous. I'm a bit nervous here because you don't have Bradish. You don't have John Means, at least to start the season. Now the hope is that they'll be back by the end of April. Bradish, there's really no timeline, but he got the platelet-rich plasma injection a couple of weeks ago. He started a throwing program yesterday. Um, he said that he feels really good. He's excited. Mike Elias said that they anticipate both he and Means being back, and they're expecting a lot of baseball out of Bradish this year. So there's optimism, but anytime you have a UCL injury, you're looking at a situation where how likely is Tommy John surgery? And a lot of times these, these PRP injections, they work. A lot of times they work with the severity of the injury that, that Bradish has. It's a grade one tear essentially because it's a sprain. If it were grade four, yeah, the dude's getting Tommy John surgery, but a guy like Masahiro Tanaka pitched his entire career in the majors which was about a decade with a torn UCL, a partially torn UCL. And he threw like eight pitches. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. That's for sure. Um, definitely not the way we wanted to start spring training, but as Jim Palmer said, you'd rather, uh, you'd rather have that happen at the beginning of the season in February than have it happen at the end of March or sometime in May or sometime in August like they have with Felix Bautista. So if they were going to get injuries to their guys, I'd rather it be the first day of spring training than sometime in the middle of the season. Going to be uh, going to be tough to swallow, though, if those guys aren't able to help the Orioles. Uh, but, look, they get off to – their season gets off to a – I don't want to say easy start because it's baseball. It's professional baseball, right? These are, these are the 780 best players in the world, and you can't really um, – just say, oh, well, this is a cakewalk. But the Orioles' first nine series, seven of them are against teams that are sub-500. Um, and the two teams that were above 500 last year, the Minnesota Twins and Milwaukee Brewers, we know the Brewers lost their ace because they traded them to the Orioles. And the the Twins, they don't have Sonny Gray. He's with the Cardinals now. So, you know, it, it's – for what the Orioles have going on with the injuries to the starting pitchers, what we're looking at here is essentially it's the best time for it to happen. Maybe they need a month each. Maybe Means and Bradish need a month. Well, the Orioles' first month of the season is an opportunity to really get off to a hot start. And maybe if you have Grayson Rodriguez, uh, Corbin Burns, and Tyler Wells as your top three pitchers or Dean Kramer in there, um, maybe you can get off to that hot start. And there's a lot of off days. So John means you can skip him a couple times. Maybe he'll be back midway through April. They did say that, you know, we're think, or they, they're hoping mid-April is when he can come back. We'll see. But I would have liked a little bit more transparency from the team. I get it. You don't want to talk about injuries to, to pitchers because you're still trying to acquire pitchers and the asking price is going to go up if teams know that one of your that two of your starters are hurt. A little bit more transparency, maybe after you got Corbin Burns, you can let us know because all that news on the first day of spring training was a gut punch, guys. That 
that sucked. You know, we're sitting here thinking that Burns is in replacing Gibson. Let's go. The Orioles have one of the best rotations in baseball, but really he's here to replace Bradish until Bradish can come back. And then he's the replacement for Gibbons. Certainly not what we were looking for here to start the season, but the Orioles still have a really solid squad and we're looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Um, what's going to happen as the season progresses. And hopefully those guys will get back in the fold. I want to remind you today's show brought to you by Royal Farms. Right now at Royal Farms, you can get a three-piece tenders meal with Western fries, a biscuit, and a cookie for just $10. A 10-piece dark uh, meal, ro- 10-piece dark meat rofo chicken meal for just $15, and any size Royal Farms coffee and Royal Farms brand bake- bakery item for just $3. So start stop by your neighborhood Royal Farms. I, I don't know what's going on with me with these reads, guys. Like It's like I don't know how to read. But yeah, you can get a three-piece tenders meal, Western fries, a biscuit, and a cookie for ten bucks. Ten-piece dark meal, dark meat rofo chicken meal for t- for fifteen dollars, and any size Royal Farms coffee and Royal Farms brand bakery item for just three dollars. So stop by your neighborhood Royal Farms today. That second read wasn't much better. I still stumbled over ninety percent of the words I said. But go to Royal Farms, guys. That's where I go every Saturday morning before the show. Love Royal Farms. There's one right across the street. I am very lucky. It's amazing that I'm not obese because I eat Royal Farms all the time. Best chicken in the world, hands down. Justin Tucker, he's not lying to you. He's not lying to you. All right, so MLB trade rumors tweeted out on Thursday. The Orioles have shown interest in Jesus Lazardo. Should I just start over? I, like, I can't talk today. Um, it's, MLB trade rumors, they tweet out that the Orioles have shown interest in Jesus Lazardo. Guys, yeah, no crap. They showed interest in Jesus Lazardo. That's because the Orioles have shown interest in starting pitching since the offseason began. It was pretty ominous, or I'm sorry, ambiguous in that tweet or in that article. There's no timestamp on when the Orioles showed that interest. When the interest was shown, the intimation in the wording is that the Orioles have been looking all offseason for pitching. So, of course, they checked in on Lizardo. I the, the reactions I saw on Twitter when this came out, because it also came out the same day that we heard about the Bradish and Means injury, but after we heard about those, is that people thought that the Orioles have checked in on him since the news of Bradish and Means. I can almost assure you that is not the case. can almost assure you that is not the case. Because by doing that, you know that Lazardo is still in his mid-20s. He's gonna. He's under team control for the next three years. He's one of the better starting pitchers in all of baseball. The Orioles are going to have to give up two top five prospects for him. You, you want Samuel Basayo? Not if you want Jesus Lazardo. You want Jesus Lazardo? Not if you want Kobe Mayo. Or uh, I'm hearing on 1057 the fan. These guys are talking. Would you trade Ryan Mountcastle on Kobe Mayo or Kobe Mayo and Samuel Basayo or Ryan Mountcastle and Samuel Basayo for Jesus Lazardo? I think we, what you really have to look at is, are you willing to trade top prospects who may be a little bit away for a guy who can help you get to a World Series right now? I don't know how I feel about that. Samuel Basayo, yeah. Oh, by the way, he's another guy who has an injury. He's got a stress fracture in his throwing shoulder or elbow. I don't know. These things are all met blending together now it's an injury that they expect him to be throwing by the end of april but he's going to dh in spring games for right now he's probably starting a year either double a or triple a i'd imagine probably double a since he can't catch right now but i'm not too concerned about that either because it happens a lot to players his age who are catching and throwing more than they ever have um 
But with that being said, do I want to trade Basayo in a deal for Lizardo? Because I think that's what's, what it's going to take. Jackson Holiday, he's not going anywhere. But Mayo, Basayo, maybe Mountcastle is 105.7 the fan alluded to. It's because it fits the needs that the Marlins have. I'd have to think long and hard about it. I don't know that I wouldn't trade Samuel Basayo in a, as part of a package to get a legitimate top of the rotation starting pitcher who's under team control for three more years. This isn't trading Basayo for Corbin Burns. This is trading Basayo for one of the best starters in the National League who you're going to have for three more seasons before you have to worry about a contract extension. I almost think you have to pull the trigger to get that done. I don't think they're going to, though. I don't think that they're that they're in a spot right now where they're thinking, you know, we got to get somebody else now. We got to get somebody else now because they think that's a knee-jerk reaction to the Bradish and Means News. Now, if Bradish's tear was a partial tear, if it was grade two, maybe grade three, maybe they're, they're talking about it. But it seems to me they don't think the severity of the injury is that great. Um, they're not too concerned about John Means. They have guys with depth. So I don't think that they're going to trade for – I don't think they're going to give up their, some of their top prospects to trade for a starting pitcher because of what's going on right now. I just don't think that's how Mike Elias operates. What I do think they need to be doing is looking at some of the pitchers on the free agent market. Yeah, we'd all love them to go out and sign uh, Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell, but Blake Snell's asking price is in that $200 million range for I'm hearing anywhere from five to eight years, depending on your source. Blake Snell doesn't get very deep in the games. I don't know how great his attitude is for a clubhouse, especially a clubhouse that the, the Orioles won 101 games last year. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they had such great team chemistry. There's such great camaraderie within that clubhouse that they were able to go out there and just play really inspired baseball all year. Cause they just love playing for each other, playing with each other and playing for their manager. I think you, if you bring in a guy like Blake Snell, who's been known to have attitude, issues in the past what does that do to your clubhouse yeah he's great on the field but this let's not act like this is a guy who's giving you seven eight innings every time out this guy who's giving you five sometimes six innings and the outlier is seven innings i don't know how much you want to give blake's now look if it's three years a hundred million dollars as um our friend connor newcomb from the locked in or the locked on orioles podcast said three years a hundred million yeah Jump all over that. Even if it's three years, 120 million, jump all over that. Longer than that, I don't know that you want to do that with Blake Snell. Jordan Montgomery, that's the guy who I would love to have on this team. I think he's a bulldog. I think he's got a winner's mentality. I don't think he's a top of the rotation guy, but I think he's a really solid number two. And if you have Jordan Montgomery backing up Corbin Burns and sandwiched in between him and uh, Grayson Rodriguez, you love that. And then when Bradish comes back and you have Montgomery in that rotation, assuming that you're not able to keep uh, Corbin Burns, you still have a really solid rotation for years to come. It's not like the Orioles. I mean, if you unless you consider Seth Johnson, Chase McDermott, Kate Povich, and Jordan Armbruster as guys who are going to be solid rotation pieces, not, they very well could be. The jury's still out. It's way too soon to tell what those guys are going to be like in the big leagues. And all those guys are going to get extended looks in spring training, I'd imagine now. Um but unless you consider those guys top pitching prospects, the Orioles don't really have a lot behind Wells and Irvin to fill in the need here. And then you you kind of go to that next year. You look at uh, Michael Lorenzen. You look at Hyunjin Ryu. Maybe you can have those guys. I think Ryan is here. Ryan is here. 
Let me get him on. Oh, man. I am glad you're okay. I was struggling. Man, I'm sorry. Part of my job is uh, helping to coordinate snow removal. And with, with all day yesterday looking like we were going to get, you know, maybe six inches overnight. And then this morning waking up and realizing it was like kind of a dud. Been a lot going on. I apologize. At least I'm awake this time, though. Yeah. No worries. No worries. I'm glad you're here, man. I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, man, am I going to do an hour show without Ryan? How am I going to get this done? Uh, and today was the first day that we debuted music uh, on the countdown. Oh, I missed the music. Damn. You missed the music. It was <sighs> the uh, the R&B. I, I always hear R&B um, music that they have in here. Just some, some you know, run-of-the-mill music that they have. But I'm very glad you're here, man, because I was struggling. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to watch the playback and grade number one the music and number two your your performance for fifteen minutes by yourself. Well, Let's I did see. the whole I did a whole show by myself when you were sick a few weeks back. Um, but it's not so much I was struggling with the content. Man, my reads were awful. Oh, really? They were awful. I tripped over like every word, and then not to mention the fact that one the first read they left something about the big game in there and didn't realize until I read it. Like I'm Ron Burgundy. that's 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 what i felt like in that moment but all right you want on the teleprompter you'll read it we are gonna i mean we've already talked about this so we'll just get your opinion i went over kyle bradish and john means news obviously that's what we started the show with and ryan do you feel like we were a little bit misled by the orioles because there's no way they didn't know that kyle bradish uh was hurt i think that that's probably what kind of made them really put the pedal to the metal to get to get corbin burns because he's already had the platelet rich plasma injection he started the throwing uh program on friday so yesterday um we thought all along that corbin burns was going to be the replacement for kyle gibson in this rotation and now it's he's a rotation he's he's the um replacement for kyle bradish and now who's replacing gibson and who's replacing means yeah, man. It, look, it it sucks to to come into spring training with the excitement level higher than I think it's ever been uh, as as Orioles fans, and then you, you get the news that that Bradish isn't going to be ready for the season, and John Means won't be ready for the season. Gunner's struggling a little bit with his oblique. Samuel Basayo is is behind and has a you know a fracture in his elbow. A, a lot of things coming in, and it's just bang, 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 bang. This is everything that's going wrong. And look, I. I I don't want to say I feel misled, but I feel like the reason for acquiring Corbin Burns was a little bit misrepresented. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's got to be something. And uh, look, I understand throughout the offseason, teams aren't really updating the public on injuries, but definitely a weird situation. I mean, look, you never know with elbow injuries, especially when you hear UCL. That's it sounds like a death sentence, and mm-hmm. sometimes players can pitch through it. Depending on the grade, you can get a PRP injection and and be able to be all right after some light throwing. But man, it's it's one of those like we saw with Dylan Tate last year. It, it's you, you, there's a little bit of optimism that maybe you know he'll, he'll only miss the first month of the season. It could be July and we could be finding out that he's not going to pitch this year. And, oh, by the way, he does need Tommy John surgery and he's not going to pitch next year either. Yeah. And that's the situation that I'm really hoping we avoid, um, not only with Bradish, but with John Means as well. You know, we're expecting Means to be the number four, help anchor the rotation a little bit as we get down to the, the last two guys. And now it looks like we're going to have not only is the fifth starter spot no longer, you know, it. 
we were talking about Dean Kramer as the five, maybe Tyler Wells, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at Dean Kramer as the three, Tyler Wells probably as the four, and then maybe Cole Irvin gets slotted yeah. in there. It's it creates a whole chain reaction of of what are we going to do? And so, look, we can only hope that you know it's that we're not going to get the worst from these two injuries. We hope that John means it's just you know that flare up that kept him out of the postseason last year. Hopefully, it's something that they're just taking it as cautious as they can. The Orioles have a really easy schedule the first month of the year, so they can afford to do that. But you really hope that this isn't a long-term thing for either of these guys. Yeah, you certainly hope so. And from what we're hearing about John Means is that he's not hurt. He's not injured. He's just a month behind because he had that flare-up that cost him the postseason. And then they said, okay, we don't really want to get you ramped up as quickly because we want to make sure this thing is completely behind you. So his throwing program didn't start till January 30th which was a month later than everybody else. So essentially, because I, I imagine that they let everybody get through the holidays and then they, they started things up right after New Year's, right? So he's missed the first month. You figure if he's a month behind everybody else, maybe that takes you two weeks into, into April. Maybe you're looking at a situation where it's going to take him a month to get caught up. Then you have another two weeks of spring training he should be able to ramp up in that at that point. They're going to have a, some off days in the schedule, some holes in the schedule where they won't need their fourth starter. So John means maybe he doesn't even have to. He'll start the year on the IL. They'll, they'll use they'll, they'll want that roster flexibility, but maybe he doesn't even really actually miss a start technically because of all the all the starts that could have been skipped anyway. So if he can be back by the third week of April, even by the end of April, Ryan, I, I said a little bit earlier in the program that the Orioles' first nine series, seven of them are against sub-500 teams, and the other two are against the Brewers, who traded the, traded the Orioles' Corbin Burns, and the Twins, who lost Sonny Gray in free agency. And neither one of those teams, even with those guys, scared me. So it's an, the Orioles have an opportunity to get off to a hot start. If they can weather the storm, uh, a sports cliche for sure, but if they can weather the storm with Burns, Braddish, Burns, I wish Braddish, Burns, uh, Grayson, Kramer, and Wells to start the year, and then and then get Means back, and then hopefully get Brash back not too long after that. I think that they'll be okay. However, you have to look at the impact that this has on the bullpen. Like you said, it's a chain reaction. You thought that 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 Burns was replacing Gibson. Well, no, now he's replacing Bradish, and now John Means. You thought he was replacing. Tyler Wells, well, no, now he's not in the rotation. Tyler Wells is in there. Cole Irvin could be in there. Cole Irvin and Tyler Wells were supposed to be in the in the bullpen. And Wells, in particular, was going to play a huge role towards that back end of the bullpen. D.L. Hall was traded as part of the, as part of the Corbin Burns trade, and you thought he was going to be a high-leverage guy in the bullpen at worst. You have Dylan Tate, Danny Coulomb, C.N.L. Perez, um, Yenier Cano, and Craig Kimbrell. They're locks. But then the rest of the bullpen, you got basically three spots between Jacob Webb, Keegan Aiken, Brian Baker, Jonathan Heasley, and Mike Bauman. That's it. The Orioles, are they going to form their bullpen out of that group of pitchers that we just saw? Or are they going to make another move? At this point, I feel like they have to, but who's out there to, to make that move with? Yeah, free agency wise, there's not a whole lot. I mentioned Liam Hendricks on on last week's show near the yeah. tail end, and he's would a make guy a who lot of sense. it would make a lot of sense, but he wouldn't be able to pitch until probably July, if not later. Um, oh yeah. So look, I I don't know, man, but that scares me. I I 
Keegan Aiken keeps finding a way to stick around. I have a feeling he's going to be a, a big part of the bullpen at the beginning of the season. Brian Baker. Look, I like Brian Baker. I, I don't. No, I, you don't. I don't. Whoa, whoa, hang whoa, on, whoa. hang on, hang on. Hang I can't on, let you on. continue to talk after saying you, I like Brian. Baker. You didn't. Nobody you didn't let me finish the thought. You didn't let me finish the thought. I don't love him. I like what I like the energy that he brings to the mound. I don't like that he comes in and walks everybody and then gives up a grand slam and gives up a grand slam. I like the outings where he comes in and actually looks half decent, which does happen once in a while. Give the guy a little bit of credit. No. I don't Brian Baker, the loss maker. No. Look, no. he he can be moderately fun at times. Okay. Everybody they when they get in out can be moderately fun. Keegan Aiken can can be moderately fun like he was at the beginning of 2022, where he'd come in, throw 20 pitches, and 17 of them were strikes. Like that was fun. And then oh wait, Keegan Aiken showed back up. Like everybody can be fun when they're performing well. I remember when Joey Crable was a lockdown reliever the first half of 2022 for the Orioles. That was interesting. I remember when Austin both didn't suck for the Orioles. You know, that they were fun then. You're fun if you get people out. You're not fun if you come in, you walk the bases low, you leave the game, and then Jacob Webb comes in and gives up a grand slam, uh, what to Mitch Garver in the postseason. That's not fun. No. Now it brings us to the next point. Not long after we got the news about Kyle Bradish and um, John Means, MLB Trade Rumors tweeted out, and they did this for clickbait, and they got so many people with this. Yeah. They got so many people with this that the Orioles have shown interest in Jesus Lazardo. Guys, they showed interest in Jesus Lazardo earlier in the offseason. At the same time, they were showing interest in Corbin Burns and Dylan Cease and enter insert name here. Because they're doing their due diligence trying to add starting pitching to this team. There is not one part of me that thinks that Mike Elias said, uh-oh, Bradish is hurt, Means is a month behind, let me go get Jesus Lazardo. I don't think that's what happened. Yeah, all the reports around it are that the Orioles were close on a deal with Lazardo, or potentially, before they acquired Corbin Burns. We have no reason to believe that that has carried over beyond the, the trade for Burns. Uh, look, it, it'd be great. I love Jesus Lazardo. I've been beating the drum on a guy like him for, for weeks now. I said it on the show probably a month and a half ago that Jesus Lazardo would be an interesting trade option. Look, I'd love it. I love the guy, but this was something that happened a while ago. They're just catching up on old news. It was timely in the sense that it came right after we heard that Bradish and Means weren't going to start the season on time. And intentional. It, yeah, it was, intentional. It, it was absolutely intentional. Um, like I said, I did see a report from somebody that said that the Orioles were close to a deal for Lizardo, but that was before they acquired Corbin Burns. This okay. is not, there's nothing here. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing here. And what, what it would take to get Lizardo, who's one of the best young pitchers in the National League, who's under team control for the next three seasons, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. It's going to cost you, you know, Samuel Basayo or Kobe Mayo or maybe both. It might cost you Colton Kowser. On 105.7, the fan, um, J Jason Lockenfora and uh, Ken Wyman were discussing trading two of Mountcastle, Mayo, and Basayo to get Luzardo. And my question for you, Ryan, is would you be willing to give up a package like that to get a starting pitcher like Luzardo who's under team control for three years? That's a ridiculous package, I think. I, I love Lizardo, but that's maybe that might be three first basemen, which doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't know. It's it would take a lot. It, it really would take a lot. But um, 
I don't I don't think, you know, look, they have the prospect capital to do it. They just acquired Corbin Burns without trading any of their top five guys. It's no secret that you can never have too much starting pitching. We, we've been talking about that for weeks now. And here we come in this time last week, we were thinking the Orioles are in the conversation for the best starting rotation in baseball. And now we're talking about three of these guys being bullpen arms that are just thrust into the rotation out of nowhere. You can never have too much pitching. And this is exactly why. So look, I'd be fine with going out and getting a Luzardo, but Three years of team control. If we thought the asking price for Dylan Cease was too high, yeah, Lazardo is exactly. Be and like they keep saying, are the Orioles now going to go after Dylan Cease? No, they don't. They don't want to give up. They've Michael Eyes has clearly shown. So I've got this big glare behind me, and I have nothing to cover that window. I got to figure it out. Um, no worries. Look, it it would be yeah. a desperation move if and and they would Elias yeah. would immediately regret it. I, I I just have a feeling that if he were to be serious about going out and getting another ace pitcher via the trade market, it's not he, he's gonna give up too much out of desperation. And I, I don't I think he's too smart for that. I think it's more more realistic that we go out and sign someone like a Jordan Montgomery. So we've got some comments here. Show him Whipple. I don't understand why Elias wouldn't make a deal with Miami for Lizard Lizardo. Uh Lizardo, even if it includes Basayo and Mount Castle or Mayo, most of the core don't hit free agency till 28 and Mount Castle he goes on to say Mountcastle is a free agent, I think, next year, and Basayo and Mayo are blocked. So, okay, let, let, let's dive into this a little bit here. Your first baseman, Ryan O'Hearn and Ryan Mountcastle, right? You have a pretty solid platoon there. Mountcastle just absolutely destroys left. It, it, no, Mountcastle, yeah, he destroys lefties, and O'Hearn destroys righties. You have a good pl- platoon there. Um, then you look at your infield mainly third base because Kobe Mayo, they said that he's going to be playing third base mostly in camp this spring. Yeah. You've got Westberg there or you've got Gunner there. Mayo is probably not going to be playing third base for the Baltimore Orioles unless Westberg's playing second base, but then you come to Jackson holiday and Jackson holiday has a really good shot of being on this team. We're going to get into a little bit of a roster breakdown a little bit later in today's show, probably about the next in the next 10 to 15 minutes. Um, but and Basayo, all the reports are saying that he's not going to be a catcher when he gets to the big leagues. That he's probably going to make a move to first base. So with all that in mind, they're kind of blocked. They're kind of not blocked. I don't. If you can get a, a starting pitcher like Lizardo, I do think that you have to be willing to give up a top prospect, somebody like Basayo, because basically what you're saying is that you think that Basayo's bat before he's done anything in the major leagues is worth holding on to over three years of team control of a starting pitcher who has proven his worth time and time again at the big league level. And he's still super young. I think you got to pull the trigger on a deal like that. Kobe Mayo. I don't think I want to get rid of, but if you told me Basayo and Mount castle would get me Lizardo, I would 100% pull the trigger on that. I think, yeah, if you keep it there, I, I agree. Um, Two of those guys and another maybe couple lower tier prospects, I think, could could pull the trigger. And I don't I don't want to come across as a prospect hugger. I understand that, you know, these guys are prospects because they are prospects and they have not been in the majors quite yet. And so we don't know for sure how any of these abilities are going to translate to the big league level, especially mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. And so 
yeah, you, you have to give something up to get it. I don't think uh, – I don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's a tough call. There's a lot of guys on this team that I think have trade value, and there's a lot of guys on this team that I want to be mm-hmm. Orioles for the rest of their lives. And look, I, I know we talked about how Ryan Mountcastle is probably more of a five or six hitter than a three or four. I love Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah. I want him to be a career Oriole. And it, whether that's as a DH, whatever, that's fine. Samuel Basayo, I think, could be a cornerstone. But, you know, we talk about him potentially moving away from the catcher spot to first base. This this elbow injury might just accelerate that process. There was talks about, you know, him making mm-hmm. that move as early as this year. He's just he's just not that guy behind the plate. He's not a dude behind the plate. He's a dude at the plate, yeah. but he's not a dude behind the plate. And so, look, there's going to be some movement there. Mayo might end up being a corner outfielder. It's really hard to say at this point. There's a lot of competition both at corner outfield and third base and first base and shortstop and second base and center field in the Orioles. There's so many guys, but man, look, it's, it's tough to say, you know, what's, what's going to happen going forward. It's tough to say how exactly Elias is going to try to fill this void that, that Bradish and means are leaving in the rotation. They got to do something to address the bullpen as well. If we're pulling guys from the bullpen to be in the rotation, so a lot of question marks coming into spring, but I'm, I'm excited to see how it's going to shake out. But it, it's definitely, you know, kind of lessens the excitement a little bit. It does. It does. No, look, and we're seeing all the videos of Adley, who, who says he dropped weight. He, he you know, he, um, he, he really focused on his diet this all season. And he, he, lo- he does, he looks, he looks slimmer uh, from the videos that I've seen. Uh, we, we're seeing Jackson holiday fielding ground balls and getting interviewed. And that dude looks like he's absolutely jacked. Like I, I cannot wait to see what he does this spring and see him really make a charge to make the roster. And Gunner is going to be Gunner. I think he's going to be an MVP candidate. There is a lot to love about this team. You are nervous now about the rotation, but let's not act like they don't have Corbin Burns and Grayson Rodriguez at the top. And let's, and let's not act like Tyler Wells sure, didn't yeah. lead the, the majors in whip at the All-Star break last year as a starting pitcher. And Dean Kramer is still a really good starting pitcher in this league. And, and you know, last year, the month of April, he was horrendous. After April's ERA was like 358 the rest of the season, over 26 starts. And let's keep in mind that he missed a lot of spring training by pitching in the World Baseball Classic. So he's not he's going to have the opportunity to really ramp up with his team and get the tutelage from his pitching uh, development staff in camp with the Orioles. Okay, you also have to look at the fact that this team has a really solid back end of their bullpen. They do, and I know that Craig Kimbrell is not Felix Bautista. Nobody is, but he's still a damn good pitcher. And the Orioles, Michael Elias said when they signed him that they think that they figured out how to get him back to his his like legendary form. So there's a lot to like about this team. And John means he's not hurt. He's just a month behind. So he's still, we should still be anticipating that he's going to be here. All right. But sure. Do they need to go out and sign another starting pitcher? I don't think they need to trade for one. I think if the, the Marlins say, Hey, we want this guy and this guy, for Lazardo that you have to consider it. But I don't think you should go knock on anybody's doors about that when you have legitimate guys out, out on the open market. And those guys will start at the top. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. There, we've seen some stuff recently about maybe Blake Snell should be willing to take a shorter deal for more money. And Connor Newcomb put out three years, $100 million. Would you do that? I don't think that 33 
and a third million dollars a year gets it done for Snell. I think he wants closer to 40. Would you be willing to sign Snell on a on a short-term deal like that, two to three years, with maybe an opt-out after the first year? And the same goes for Jordan Montgomery. With an opt-out after the first year, but you're paying a big average annual value of like $40, $41 million, would you be willing to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Does, absolutely. I think – Does Blake Snell's sorry, go ahead. persona, his attitude – uh, concern you at all with, with, with regards to the clubhouse and team chemistry? Okay. Not really. Not as much as, as some other guys. Um, I think, look, if you're losing, if you're losing Corbin Burns at the end of this year and uh, look, and I, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but if Kyle Bradish's injury is more serious than we think, and we might not have him next year, you got to have someone to pair with Grayson at the top of the rotation. I understand that the starting pitching free agent market looks really good next year, but look, there's a guy who's out there right now. And if he's willing to take a shorter deal, that's a little more team friendly. It'll be paying up a little bit, but you also have a bunch of your, your hitters on arbitration deals. And they're not going to be making a ton of money. Now's yeah. the time to do something like that. So yeah, I, I absolutely would. I, I'm not sure I'd shell out that kind of cash for, Montgomery, but for Blake Snell, absolutely. Two-time Cy Young winner. Yeah, I mean, you've got nasty. You've got um Gunnar Henderson, potentially Jackson Holiday, potentially Jordan Westberg, and Adley Rutschman, who could make up the top half of your batting order, who are all making league minimum. They're like they're making league minimum because they're still in the first three years of arbitration. You know, so they're, they're still pre-arbitration yeah. eligible is what, is what I'm saying. So it, it's it's a great point that if you're going to spend big money now, if you're going to spend big money on a pitch, you'd rather do it now when you when these guys who you're going to have to extend or watch go in free agency uh, when they're making the league minimum. I, I totally get that argument. I totally agree with that argument. So. By the way, speaking of arbitration, sure. can I just say something real quick? It's amazing to me how many people still don't understand the arbitration process. I saw people the other day, the Orioles announced that they had agreed to a two-year contract with Ryan O'Hearn right. or one year with an option uh, of, you know, to, to avoid the arbitration hearing. And there were people acting like we had just yep. signed Ryan O'Hearn as a free agent. Yep. He was under contract. I tweeted, I tweeted out about that too. He was always going to be, he was always going to be a Baltimore Oriole this year. This was not a free agent signing. This was a matter we of got what is he going to back. He never left. Yeah, he was he was here the whole time. He wasn't negotiating with other teams. We didn't beat anybody else to bring him back. It happens. It happens. I, every that's year. all. That's all I wanted to say. It happens every year. I saw every people year. saying that about, about Austin Hayes. And I the see other it year. from like, yeah, and I see it from people that I think like I thought knew baseball Dude, very very that, well. And when I see actual like, verified official journalists, sports journalists. Referring to Major League Baseball as the MLB, it's nails on a chalkboard. It's it, yep. with a fan. I can understand if you're a casual fan, you don't get how arbitration works. Okay, I can excuse that. As a national sports reporter, referring to Major League Baseball as the MLB, you should have your credentials taken away. It's not the Major League Baseball. I've been taught. I've been. Screaming this from a mountaintop for about eight years now. I just I, I I could give the whole show credence to this. I could I could do this the entire show, so I'm not going to. Let's move on to guys like Lorenzen and Ryu, who we've talked about on this show. Those guys are still out there. 
would you sign one of those guys to put in, in your rotation so you can leave a Tyler Wells or Cole Irvin in your bullpen? At this point, if you sign one of those guys, I think that you're leaving Cole Irvin in your bullpen and Tyler Wells is staying in the rotation. Would you sign one of those guys just to have that, that arm that's had success at the big league level? I would. Yeah. I mean, look, you can never have too many of these guys. If you can get them on a team friendly deal this late in the spring, then absolutely. Uh, you know, Lorenzen was an all-star last year. We kind of laughed about it because he wasn't that great, but then we looked at his numbers for the full season. And it was like, Oh, all right. Maybe he did kind of mm -hmm. deserve it a little bit, you know? Um, and, and we we've talked in the past about Lorenzen and how he struggled after his first couple outings with the Phillies, he was really bad down the stretch. Could have been a you know change gassed, of scenery he, thing. He thrown, I, I don't know. He'd already thrown more innings yeah. that season than he had since 2008. I mean, not eight, 2018. Yeah. Uh, he threw 153 innings last year, which were a career high by 40 innings. So, uh, but, but I didn't want him at the deadline last year because I knew that the Orioles had already had Tyler Wells, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, and Dean Kramer up against innings limits, right? Up against like coming. Uh, already at or exceeding their career high in innings. I didn't think they needed to trade for another guy who the running was on the wall. He was facing the same thing and he was going to, he was going to wear down and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But look, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with signing either of those guys. Um, look that I think they both would want to pitch this year. Neither mm -hmm. of them have found a contract yet. So you never know what they'd be willing to take just to be on a team. And we've already got two guys who are behind schedule in the rotation. So yeah, bring, bring me as many arms as we can. Am I the only one who kind of feels like I wouldn't be this concerned and maybe I'm overvaluing the guy, but I really wanted Fuji back. I, too. I really think the Orioles mm -hmm. could have figured him out. And I think, especially after trading DL hall, having Fuji in the bullpen, you know, after an off season at the Orioles pitching lab, I really think, he would have benefited from that. I, I think Fuji's got a lot of potential and I would like to see him as a, you know, I would have to three and a half, three and a half year, three and a half million dollar one year deal with the Mets. I mean, maybe the Orioles go out and get him at maybe the Mets figure on the new Orioles go out and get him at the deadline again. I don't know. I think they figured it was too much maybe. of a gamble. And as you know, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services that's 1-800-GAMBLER or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services i couldn't even keep a straight face on that one that was too good it was too good it was, it was top good. tier um sean whipple also commented with this because and I'm, i want to show it because it leads us in and sean we've never heard from you before so thanks for being uh tuning in so much and um chatting with us here on the show we certainly appreciate your viewership um Sean said, okay, just put a trade to the simulator. How about Basayo Arias Armbruster for Lazardo? I would do that in a heartbeat. Honestly, I would do that in a heartbeat. And it brings me to the next point of what in the blue hell are Ramon Arias, Jorge Mateo, and Ryan McKenna still doing on this roster? I get one of them. And that one of them is um, Mateo. Arias and McKenna, what, what, why? Why are they still here? The Orioles haven't brought in anybody who I think has a shot at playing over Jordan Westberg or Jackson Holiday, but Arias and Mateo remain. Your starting outfield is set with Kalzer and Kerstad. 
like deserving the opportunity to be that fit, that fourth outfielder, and maybe a DH, maybe both of them on the roster. Yet Ryan McKenna remains. None of those, Arias, Mateo, McKenna, none of them impress you with the bat. Glove plays for all three, and Mateo has that incredible speed, and he can play a little bit of the outfield too. Connor Norby exists and has nothing to prove at AAA. Are we really going to enter the season with Arias, Mateo, and McKenna taking up three of your four bench spots, with the other one being James McCann as your backup catcher? Is this really what we're going to do? Uh, why is more than anything, why are Ramon Arias and Ryan McKenna here? I know you need an outfielder that hits from the right side that can play all three, three outfield positions. You don't have anybody else. You don't have a guy with reverse splits that can hit better than Ryan McKenna and not drop a pop-up to cost you a series in Boston. Ryan McKenna, we're really still doing this. <laughs> He's going to make the team. He Like, it is February 17th. It is the... The what the third day of actual workouts with this team, and I can already unequivocally, wholeheartedly tell you that Ryan McKenna is coming north with the club. I already know that that's going to happen. Why? <laughs> I agree with you completely. I'm sorry for gonna, laughing. And Brandon uh, look, loves McKenna him. doesn't have any. Loves him. Go ahead. Yeah. And and he yeah. doesn't have any options left. So they can't keep him at AAA. So he's either he's either cut or he's on the Baltimore Orioles. He's not going to be at Norfolk unless he gets DFA'd uh, 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 and you know uh, past the waivers the, and all that. That's the stuff. drama. He's on the Baltimore Orioles. It sucks, but he's going to be here. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, 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 I my gut tells me that you're right, but I do think there's a chance they realize. All right, it's time to move on from this guy. Uh, and I, I truly hope that's the case. But we, we both know he's going to hit 355 at, in spring training with, with you know, a handful of homers because uh, that's what he does. But, look, the Orioles just brought in Peyton Burdick from the, the Miami Marlins. Dude has some, some elite exit velocities. I know he hasn't really put it together at the big league level, but I, I see some potential there. I don't think he's the style of player that McKenna is, and I don't, I'm not sure which they prefer. If Jorge, if it's true that Jorge Mateo is going to be playing a good bit of outfield, and you know, seeing how he looks out there, then I think that significantly lessens the need to keep Ryan McKenna on the roster. And I would much rather it be Mateo. I I do not like the idea of Mateo getting regular starts or regular at bats. I don't think I don't think he should be stepping to the plate more than mm -hmm. five times a week. But if you can bring him in as a defensive sub, as a pinch runner, dude's electric. So give me all of that. As for Ramon Arias, I really, really think that Elias is trying to find a trade for him. I There's there's no roster space for a player of Arias's ilk. He did win a gold glove two years ago, but there's way too much competition in the infield, and he simply does not hit enough. So and that's why Mateo has the leg up over him because Arias isn't going to go yeah, and, look and, any and good. And Mateo actually does hit lefties so, very well. You know, the, yeah. the thing with with yeah. Arias, man, and look, I don't think he's made an error at second base in like three years. He can play really good defense at second base and at third base. He can he can fill in at shortstop in a pinch, um, but every single day you're going to have one of 
Jackson Holiday, Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westbrook playing shortstop, and one of Jackson Holiday, Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westbrook playing third base, right? Like none of these guys are going to play 162 games. I think you're going to see a lot. You're going to see Gunnar probably play about 150, and you're going to see Westbrook play probably play about 135, and and Holiday probably about 135 also if he makes a team out of spring training. None of these guys are going to be playing the entire every game this year. It's not going to happen again. Um, oh my God, I left this out of the notes. We got to talk about Cal. We got to talk about Cal. We got to get to it. Um, uh, he didn't do anything. Some jackass said the streak was overrated. Um, oh, yeah. You don't want to talk about it? I, no, I don't want to talk yeah, about it. It's it a stupid quick. opinion. Anyway. Um, yeah. I just. People forget, by the way, Cal Ripken wasn't just the streak. He was 400 home runs, 3,000 hits, multiple gold multiple gloves, MVPs, multiple all-star multiple like, MVPs. He wa- he's, not, he's not in the Hall of Fame because he played yeah. a lot of games in a row. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Th- there's no spot for Arias here. And, and it, it brings me to Connor Norby. Connor Norby was – wasn't he your minor league player of the year last year? I think he was co uh, – he was co-player think, of the no, year. No, I think he was he? your minor league player of the year. And then you look at because Chase McDermott was the minor league pitcher of the year. Um, Norby has put together back-to-back incredible seasons at the minor league level between double A and triple A in 2022 and triple at triple A last year. The guy's bat plays. Uh, he's got to get the opportunity to be on this roster. The, the, the problem is. Where? Because he doesn't play shortstop. He doesn't play third base. He can play some outfield for you guys. I think he got like 15 starts in the outfield last year. But in the infield, he's a second baseman. Is he going to get the, the 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 nod over Jackson Holiday? He can't like like you. He. I'm surprised he wasn't traded honestly because he is a really 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 good player who's limited defensively, but he's a really good offensive player. What are they doing with with, with Connor Norby? Yeah, it's crazy that we just traded an infielder and we're still like, how are we going to fit this other guy on the roster? Um, yeah, Norby's got a, a ton of pop. He's a decent enough defender at second base and played some left field. It's It's got to be tough to be in this, the shoes of a player like Norby because we were talking about him last year, this time last year, as a guy who was going to have yeah. an impact in 2023. And another year has gone by where it doesn't look like he has a clear path. And now we're going into 2024. It still doesn't look like he has a, any clear path to playing time. So I don't know what's going to happen with Norby. He's getting up there in age for a prospect, but he's a hell of a talented ball player. He's a grinder. And look, man, I, I hope they find a spot for him. But yeah. like you said, well, where? I, I, I would almost rather move him in a trade as well and give him an opportunity. The, to flourish the question elsewhere. now is what we're not considering. Is there a chance that he could beat out Jordan Westberg? Could he come in and have like, what if Connor Norby hits 380 this spring with like seven home runs, right? And Westberg's hitting 250 with like two home runs, right? Like, can he beat out Jordan Westberg? And then you're looking at potentially Norby at second, um, Holiday at short. And then you have um, Henderson at third base. And now Westberg's your utility guy because he can play all over the infield and he can play some outfield for you. It, it, are you looking at that potentially? Which, I mean, either way, you can find a way to get that, that guy's bat. But then it, it, the, the, it brings up the question, 
as much as we love Jackson Holiday, as much as we think he's got a great shot to be on this team, how likely is it that he ends up starting the year at Norfolk simply because of a numbers crunch? Simply because it's like, look, Norby has put in the time. He has earned it at AAA. Westberg's already been here and was a league average hitter as a rookie. Gunner is an MVP candidate. We can't justify Holiday, who has 20 games at AAA, being here over any of those guys. How much of a numbers crunch do you think ends up pushing Holiday back down to Norfolk to start the year? I, I could absolutely see that. And to be honest, I'm kind of trying mm-hmm. to mentally prepare myself for it. But if if we're looking at long term, like let's say let's let's mm-hmm. move forward to July, right? We know Gunnar Henderson yep. is going to have an everyday role. We know that by then Jackson Holiday yep. is going to have an everyday role. We know that, you know, first base is going to be some combination of of Mountcastle, O'Hearn, Santander, whatever, Kerstad, who knows, right? There's another infield spot, second base. And I think if there is an infield competition to be had with these prospects, like you said, Paul, I think it's going to be between Norby and Westberg. I know, I know how much you love Jordan Westberg, and I, I do think he is the better player of the two. Yeah, but I think Norby's got a case, and and if there is a competition to be had, I, I, I can envision a scenario in which Norby pushes Westberg out of the conversation and maybe into, you know, a trade situation. I, it's not going to happen with Holiday. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen with Gunner. If it's going to happen with an infielder, Westberg's the most likely. To and so, be, what I, what know, I will tell you is that ultimately, I think Norby probably has the better bat than Westberg, but it's close. I think I think Norby's a better overall hitter than yeah. Westberg, but it's close. Um, but Jordan Westberg, better defender, more vis- versatility, better athlete, faster. Uh, I think that I think Jordan West. I think that both these guys are can be are legitimate big league players. I really do. Um, and and again, I don't know that you necessarily need to trade one of them because you can play them every day. Whether it's DH, second base, third base, shortstop, left field, right field, those guys can play the infield. They can play the outfield with Norby. It's second base or left field or DH. That's what it is. Can you teach him to play first base? Can you teach Westberg to play first base? I think you can, right? Um, what it comes down to is look at the Orioles outfield. I think what, what we're discounting here is Austin Hayes is going to play every day in left field. Cedric Mullins is going to play every day in center field. And Anthony, Son, some combination of Santander and Kerstad or Kowser is going to play every day in right field. Santander, we love him. The Orioles aren't extending him. He's walking at the end of this year. Do you trade him now to open up a spot for a guy that you can – to open up a spot where now Kerstad can be your everyday DH or right fielder. Kowser can be your everyday DH or right fielder. Now you have a spot where you can play, you can justify having both Westberg and Norby and, and Holiday both, all three of those guys on the roster at the same time because they can all play the infield and – Two of those guys can play the outfield. Does trading an outfielder from the Orioles starting cast open up spots for this team? And if you're going to trade an outfielder, last I checked, the Miami Marlins need an outfielder. And could you trade Anthony Santander as part of a package to the the Marlins to get Jesus Lazardo? We've been talking about trading Santander for about three years. And I love him. Don't get me I love him and I want him on this team. Yeah. But I think that there's other guys on this team that are that are cheaper and can be just as good. Right. And it's it's a discussion that's been had plenty. And 
you know, he continues to improve year after year with his walk rate, his power numbers, his defense. He's, he's a very valuable player to this, this Orioles team. But the, the answer is still, yeah, the answer is still, yes. I think it would benefit the Orioles to Mm -hmm. get something back for him. He's not going to be here beyond this year. There's no franchise tag in Major Bob League Baseball. He's going to. It's different. They don't have Yeah, to but that's, yeah. that's still up to the player. Right. Um, so, look. Yeah. Th- look, there's, there's so many. There's only so many spots on a big league roster. And the Orioles have a ton of guys currently who are capable of filling those spots and doing it well. So, what are you? Are you going to let him walk at the end of the year and get a draft pick? Or do you want to consider trading him? You're not selling yourself short in the outfield by trading him. You're not selling yourself short at DH by trading him. You're still going to have either Mount Castle or O'Hearn in the lineup. You're still going to have either Kerstad or Kowser in the lineup. It it makes sense. It, it has made sense for three years now, and it still makes sense. It doesn't mean I want to push him out the door. It doesn't mean I want to pack his bags for him. I love Tony Taters, Mr. Anthony Potatoes, if you want to be formal. But look, Sean says he, he the next uh, chat that he said that he, he changed wood to wouldn't. Anthony Santander is like 28 years old. Like he's not 33. He's like 28 going on 29 years old. He has more home runs in the last two years than any other than any other um, switch hitter in baseball. His walk rate has gone up every single year. He's become a legitimate hitter and he plays pretty he catches the balls he's supposed to catch, and some of the balls he's not supposed to catch, save for that one game in Cleveland where I don't know what the hell happened out there. But I get that, like, if he, and Sean said, looking at it from Miami side, yeah, looking at it from Miami side, but they can extend him. You know, the, the, they could sign him, and yeah. they could trade for him and then sign him four years, you know, $80 million. And and they have a guy to hit in yeah. the middle of their I, order that's going to play the outfield and can DH for them. Like I don't think the fact that he only has one year that he's in his last year of control matters to the Marlins. And I think that he's a better return because Mullins is the safest of all the outfielders. He is not going anywhere. He's the safest of all of them. Austin Hayes probably next safest because he plays left field so well. But I think that Santander has more value than Hayes does. Uh, because he's also played over 150 games each of the last two years, so he's got the, the his bugaboo in the past was that he couldn't stay healthy. Well, now he's proven that he can. It, I think that you can that Santander to Miami in a package to get Lazardo is if you if it, if a, a trade for Lazardo is going to happen at all, I think Santander being part of that package is, is extraordinarily likely. I also think, but that's 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 very important to yeah. say that part of a package. It, this wouldn't be. They wouldn't be giving up Lizardo no. for a year of Santander. It would be, it would, that, that would not be the case. It would be Santander yeah. plus. But maybe for three it could be. Lizardo. Maybe it would be Sorry, Santander and Pasayo, and then you know, or maybe it's Santander and Mountcastle. Um, you know, and th- these are moves that you have to be willing to make when you look at the rest of the roster and what's in the minor leagues. And like, we got some dudes that are dudes that the only reason they haven't proved it yet is because they haven't been given the opportunity because of the guys that are here that. Now, after this trade, are no longer here, right? I also think it'll be interesting to see which players are getting a lot of time in left field when Austin Hayes isn't playing this spring. 
because I, 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 Austin Hayes, he said he wants an extension. I don't think he's getting it. It doesn't make sense for them to extend Austin Hayes at this point. It, it would not surprise me it, to see some writing on the wall with who's playing in left field when Hayes isn't playing in spring training. Are you going to see a lot of Norby out there? Are you going to see a lot of Kowser, a lot of Kerstad? Are you going to see O'Hearn back out there? Who's going to be playing a lot of left field? Because I think that'll be telling for what the Orioles' plan is moving forward this season and beyond. So. Yeah, I'm excited to excited to see you know what yeah, they're going to try in different sure, spots. For sure. It's going to be cool to watch. All right, wow, I uh, I didn't realize how far into the show we were, and we have oh my gosh! All right, today's show brought to you by Goose Floods. Press Box urges you to drink a beer or two in honor of Tony Saragusa. We've partnered with Guilford Hall Brewery to release Goose Flights, a delicious lager to honor Tony's legacy and how his family is continuing to celebrate him with the Goose Flights Foundation. The Goose Flights Foundation is now run by Tony's kids and provides non-emergency medical transport to those in need. You can buy six packs and single cans of Goose Flights in Guilford Hall Brewery and Costas Inn. With single cans also available at Alonzo's in Roland Park and the Glory Days Grill locations in Maryland. Sheesh! Or purchase six packs and cases also available at the Wine Source in Hampton. So raise a glass of Tony and support this great foundation. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash GooseFlights to learn all about it. Before we close, anything you want to add, Ryan? Yeah, I, just that I'm always available to do an ad yeah. read if you need it's, a breather. It's not even that I need a breather. It's like <laughs> this is one of the longest reads I've ever had. It, it's it's a bit, and that, that includes like the the long reads I have for like press box print and GCR on the two and a half hour version of this show. It's it's a long read. It's a lot. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen coming up with, um, with the bullpen, with the starting rotation, monitoring means and Braddock. They said that that means they um was throwing like 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 football field long uh, long toss to warm up before, before getting on the mound. So it's clear that he's not hurt. He just isn't ramped up to throw, yeah, to, to right. go out three weeks from now and throw 90 pitches in a game, you know? So. Yeah. Look, the, the, the news, the news on the first day of spring sucks, but the vibes are still God, just talking about the roster and like all these good players that the Orioles might not have room for. It just got me reinvigorated and, and like really pumped up again. Cause it's like, this team is going to be so good this year. Let's just, Let's go sign one more starting pitcher and move one of those guys that was supposed to be in the bullpen back to the bullpen so that like I can feel better and I don't feel like I want to vomit like I did on Wednesday or Thursday. That sucked. Thursday absolutely sucked. I, I tweeted out, what the F did these yeah. guys do in the offseason? Go work in a shipyard? Like, like you would have thought that they were just lifting 150-pound materials all offseason. But that's going to do it for us here on The Batter. Yeah. Keep in mind that you can catch Glenn Clark Radio all week long, my former show. Miss anything from Glenn Clark? If you miss anything from Glenn Clark Radio this week, including conversations with legendary documentary filmmaker Ken Burns, former Maryland basketball coach Gary Williams, and new Maryland baseball coach Matt Swope, and much more, you can find them all right now in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. So it lets you off the hook if you aren't tuning in on a regular basis. I, I'm just going to say it. I think Glenn is one of the best radio personalities in Baltimore. Like, and, I, and I'm not biased because I worked with Glenn. And, and like, I'm not biased because I worked with Glenn. Glenn is really freaking good. He's fantastic. So if you're not tuning in every single day, shame on you. 
but he lets you off the hook because he posts all of his shows in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. Also, before we get out of here, uh, right before the show started, we got news that legendary Maryland basketball coach Lefty Drizel passed away at the age of 92. Um, he helped put Maryland basketball on the map in the 70s and 80s. Uh, it's a huge loss for the not just the Maryland and Baltimore basketball and sports community, but the the, the nation as a whole, uh, as far as sports are concerned. Lefty Drizel gone at the age of 92. Blessings to him and his family. And thank you, uh, Lefty, for everything that you brought to Maryland basketball. We could certainly use a lot of that right now because this team stinks. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us here on the Bat Around. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Until next week, see ya!